to building a modern employer brand podcast. My name is Susanna Rantanen and I'm the host of this podcast. My family business employee experience agency Eminent was recently recognized as one of the top 10 employer branding agencies in Europe. Uh, you can find the uh, story and uh, a capture of my entrepreneur story on this modernemployerbrand.com blog if you're interested. You can find the direct link to this post on the show notes of this article, which are on modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 15. But in this episode of uh, Building a Modern Employer Brand podcast, I'm going to talk about talent audiences in talent marketing, because understanding and being specific about your target talent audiences is actually a pretty critical element and also a skill in any HR and talent marketing job. Now, probably first, it's best to define what a talent audience really means. So when I talk about talent audiences, I refer to an audience of people who are our current, uh, our former and our future employees, but also prospective job candidates as well as existing job candidates. And I want to separate the two latter ones from the future employees, because as we know, we always receive job applications from applicants who we will never hire. And they also belong to our talent audiences at the same time. And oftentimes I feel like they are forgotten, but actually they are a much larger audience than that part of our audience that we actually end up hiring. So it's really important to understand that the experiences that these people who apply for our jobs, but will never get hired by us, you know, they, their experiences with with us and about us are pretty important in terms of our reputation and, you know, what other people talk about us as a potential place of work. So it's important to remember that our future candidates as well as uh, current candidates and job applicants are also part of our talent audiences. Now, every employer has a talent audience. The existing audience may not be large or it may not entirely meet the needs of your business. But if you if your business employs people, you do have some sort of existing talent audience. And uh, usually the existing audience is, for example, your current uh, employees, as well as your former employees, including your summer interns, your trainees, your freelancers, and, and so on. Also, your part of your existing audience are your applicants in um, that are currently in your recruitment processes. The uh, friends and family members of your employees, maybe also your former employees, belong into this talent audience. Uh, they also, I know this might seem weird, like why do you add friends and family members into the talent audience? But talent audience is an audience that looks at you uh, as a place of work. So from that perspective, you understand, you know, that uh, obviously the friends and the family members who evaluate you uh, as a potential or as a as a place of work, obviously, are important. And it's I don't mean that they are necessarily your direct talent audience, but during this digital and uh, and, and social networking era. Obviously, 
you know, we have uh, a much uh, wider audience than just those sort of uh, who we consider as our uh, future employees. So we want to make sure that the sort of the next layer uh, in our talent audiences are uh, well taken care of as well. You know, they could be very valuable spokespeople for us. Also, the customer contact people and any other people that we have worked together with in, for example, customer projects can be very well a part of our talent audience. Then, of course, local job seekers, if uh, if your business is locally well known. And uh, obviously, the social networks of those of you, uh, of your employees and your management who are active on social media, specifically about work. And we should not forget about the social media networks of our recruiters if they use social media actively for hiring, but also if they don't, because still, even though they were working completely offline, they obviously represent us as a potential place of work in, you know, this um, job seeker audience. And when I say the, uh, you know, recruiters, I mean both in-house as well as if you're using uh, service providers to take care of your recruitment needs. So as you can see, not all the members of our existing audience are necessarily our target talent audience. So we have a much wider audience that by effectively using and taking care of nurturing that audience, we're able to expand the, uh, uh, you know, for example, the messages that we want to across through, you know, wider and wider audiences. So there's a lot of potential in our existing audiences for us as employers and, uh, you know, in, in terms of building building employer brand or, for example, for our recruitment marketing needs. But not everybody in those audiences are necessarily what I call the strategically important target audiences. So even though this might mean uh, exactly what I just mentioned, for a comparison's sake, when we talk about targeted audiences, you know, we are likely to refer to uh, targeted and or, and or segmented smaller parts of our existing talent audiences or targeted and segmented uh, talent groups from a totally new future audiences for our business, as well as then our current recruitment audiences, that is also different audience than the actual employee brand audience, which means that when we want to reach our or when we want to uh, target our recruitment messages, the audience, th that part of the audience is different uh, than the part of the audience that we want to or we should target our employer brand messages to. And I'm emphasizing this because in my experience during the past 20 years when I've been working uh, mainly in, in Finland and Nordics and, and, and it, it, within like sort of European recruiter landscape and HR people, the act of talent targeting as, and segmenting doesn't seem to be a skill that we are really strong at, but we could. Uh, and it's certainly a skill worth learning now that uh, the marketing and communications activities and tools and you know potential and opportunities are more and more valid on our uh, daily work as well as more and more available for us on our, you know in our daily work. I guess the next question is why would we need to specify these talent audiences? 
communications and marketing are both activities that businesses do on a daily basis. Communication and marketing, well, communication, for example, can be very much bland, and, and, uh, but it can also be very spontaneous, as can marketing activities. And both can also be internal only, you know, that we want to communicate internally to our employees only, and it's not something that we want anybody else outside, you know, the, the, the room to know. But it's, you know, the other, other, other opportunities, obviously, the external communication and marketing. And it is for the reasons of wanting something or needing something from those people that we communicate to and that we communicate with. So it could be as a as an employer that we want to communicate because we need them to know something. We need our audiences to be, become aware of something or that we want them to do something as a result of us, you know, informing them about something. So we talk about when we talk about business communication and business marketing, there's always that so-called, you know, commercial aspect in there. And I'm using that word commercial now in a context where I don't necessarily mean that there is money being exchanged. I just mean that in the context of a business, we should be aware that our communication and marketing activities should, in fact, either support our uh, the commercial uh, needs and, and plans of our business or somehow impact the ability for our business to be commercially successful. So when we communicate... Uh, as um, sort of uh, private persons uh, outside the working environment, you know, our needs and, and reasons to communicate are totally different. And sometimes, to be honest, I feel like uh, as HR and recruiting people that uh, we don't necessarily think that much of that responsibility to... You know, when we communicate, when we use, for example, social media, that we should be more aware of that responsibility to spend our time and the resources available better and in a more targeted manner to help the business commercially. So uh, at least I find, uh, you know, in, in the sort of the landscape that I operate in, that there's a lot of that activity that... Uh, we use, uh, for example, social media like we were private people and uh, just uh, sort of spend those resources that our employers are paying for, you know, when they pay our salaries for activities and actions that are not necessarily at all planned or followed up from the perspective that whether this is actually something, you know, worthy for that business. In this effort to... Uh, sort of enlighten and expand our thinking about uh, the importance of understanding who our talent audiences are and the importance of defining our talent audiences and understanding better, you know, the objectives for communicating and marketing to different talent audiences. I want to do this because, you know, I was once a young girl working in HR and in recruiting. And uh, as I grew up and throughout my career, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have uh, supervisors and and uh, managers who really appreciated the uh, you know the importance of uh, good HR, good you know recruiting 
practices and the the value that you know HR can deliver to a growth business. But at the same time, obviously, I also saw, you know, how little in many companies HR was ever or recruiting was ever appreciated, or how it seemed to be just like one of those jobs where you know it's mandatory and let's just try to minimize that as a cost so and i still see that that many companies uh, see that uh, anything to do with hr uh in terms of whether it's internal or external activities that it's more like a cost not an investment and you know it should be therefore you know minimized to you know as much as possible and with um with this podcast as well, like I've ha- I have used my Finnish podcast for two and a half years now as a, um, you know, as a channel to voice my uh, tips and 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 share my sort of uh, experiences to those of you who are much younger and you know have your whole HR career in front of you. I want to help, it, you know, any way I can to grow the importance or raise the importance of what HR, what recruiting, what employer branding, you know, mean to a growth organization, to a growth company on a strategic level. And I want to chip in my two cents, how you can all as individuals um, build that value add in your profiles so that you would never have to work with managers who saw you as an expense rather than a valuable investment for the growth business but that's sort of on the side side my my uh, sort of views on the side why it's important to define uh, who our target talent audiences are is that our messages will actually make much more sense and the uh, impact of our messages, you know, when uh, well written uh, to the recipient will be better when we can take an angle that means something of value for them specifically. And uh, this requires us to tailor our messages depending on what the objective for us is and who we address that message to. So the more successful that we will be with defining our talent audiences, the more successful we will be with getting our messages across and delivering us the results or the value that we were looking to with that message. Uh, this means that we have to be, we have to really learn to understand who our target audiences are and how we can, uh, you know, what what are the activities or the words or the call to actions that the creatives, the channels that really impact them in in the way that is favorable for our business. So to simplify that we need talent audiences for our hiring as well as our employer branding messages. But these audiences do not have the same needs at the same times. So thinking that just one message applies to them all will be a huge waste of our resources. And that kind of talent marketing and communication is just unlikely to, to deliver us that potential outcome that it could. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, we would still use the same time and maybe even the same money to draft those messages. 
And ever since digital marketing, uh, you know, became available for us, we have had this magnificent opportunity to really target our messages. And I strongly advise us to take the 100% advantage of this opportunity because it will be visible in the outcome. And the all the generalized messages, those are messages that are meant to apply and reach everyone, they lack that impact that targeted messages very much have. And yes, this means that we will have, instead of one message, we will need more than one message, but that one message just simply isn't, you know, effective. So unless you have just one audience, but I doubt that you do. So it's important to understand that, you know, if we believe that generalized messages, you know, we should do only those, you know, my advice is to save your time and save your employer's time and money and don't do messaging messages at all because just a generalized message just isn't impactful at all. So the more talk is it and the more specific we can be with both the messages as well as, you know, defining and choosing the audiences receiving it, the more likely it is that our message will first get through and the goal of that message will eventually get delivered to us. You know, there's a saying in marketing that if you just shoot your message out there, the shots will fire all over the place, meaning that they don't necessarily reach anybody or, you know, they will reach objects that are not important to you or that you didn't mean to to, uh, to, uh, to reach. So this way you are likely not to reach those that you really wanted to. Your aim is just going to be, you know, all over the place. So if you really want to get your message across and see the intended outcome to take place, the more specific you are able to be first with your audiences, then defining what your audiences actually need, and then tailoring your messages to those needs and to those audiences, the more likely your effort will produce you the results that you are after. In recruiting, we talk about active and passive job seekers. And I, I think that they are a great example of uh, segmented, wider talent audiences every company has. And to understand this, I'll quickly go through what's the difference between an active and a passive job seeker, just in case that you know these terms are unfamiliar to you and you're not really sure what they mean. So when we talk about an active job seeker, we refer to a talent person who has become active in their uh, in their employment market. So they are ready to make career-related moves uh, as soon as something interesting comes up. They could also be currently out of job and in a real serious need of a new job. So obviously they want to make uh, even faster changes to their current situation as maybe those who are not necessarily like forced to change jobs, but they just want to. Or, you know, there's plenty of people on temporary contracts that, you know, the contracts are coming to an end in sometime in the near future, and they've started to apply for new jobs so that there wouldn't be, you know, that they would have a new job waiting for them when this current one ends. Uh, or, you know, they are about to graduate and need a job, need a summer job, need an internship or need a permanent job. But you get the point. An active job, job seeker is active. You know, they're actively 
you know, paying attention to uh, career opportunities, uh, uh, going through job boards, you know, uh, things like that. And then a passive job seeker is obviously the opposite. So we call passive job seekers those talents that we would love to have as an applicant on our recruitment process, but for a reason or another, we can't. Uh, we can't because they have no desire to apply for a new job at this time, or we can't because we're just not that interesting to them as a, as a potential place of work, or we can't because they don't even know that we exist. So you can see that these two, you know, our Basic talent audiences are very different, even if they had all these things mutual in common in between themselves, you know, just the uh, a matter of being an active job seeker to a passive job seeker will segment them, will group them into different groups from each other. And to win their attention requires different kinds of messaging. And oftentimes, uh, we're also not able to reach them in the same channels, at least not with the same message. So when you come to think about it, your recruiting audiences, in fact, are those uh, active job seekers. The passive job seekers are not your recruiting audiences. Now, I know uh, this is, uh, you know, you're going to be like, what? Because this is what I hear from our customers all the time when we talk about uh, their target audiences. And and it's a very common thing to have, you know, to confuse your uh, passive and active job seeker audiences into or put them into this recruiting audience category, but they're not. So what this means from the angle of modern employer branding is that your talent marketing objectives are not the same for hiring reasons and for employer branding reasons. And your talent marketing audiences are not the same for hiring and employer branding. And this means that your talent marketing messages also differ when you talk about hiring and when we talk about employer branding. And I know that there's so many people out there who are thinking right now that no, 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 we can do employer branding and hiring. Yes, we can put together these activities. We can uh, talk about, you know, our culture and uh, who we are as a, as a workplace, you know, do use this kind of content videos or whatever additional content to the actual job post in our recruitment processes. Yes, we can do that. And we can, in fact, build the awareness of who we are as a potential place to work during a recruitment campaign. Yes, of course we can, but we can't reach the passive job seekers during a recruitment campaign because, you know, the 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 message in that recruitment campaign is to apply for a job now. So it's just the message that calls for an action that isn't relevant for the passive job seeker audience. So what I'm saying is that while I very much agree that during recruitment, a really great way to differentiate yourself and try to increase the uh, probability of a successful hiring outcome, you should definitely use this kind of uh, um, employer branding content during recruitment campaigns. But if you are a growth business and this current campaign isn't your only sort of hiring challenge in the foreseeable future. If you know that these hiring numbers are just going to grow or the war for talent is just going to, you know, become worse and worse. Uh, if you only do employer branding 
during recruitment campaigns, you will miss out on this huge potential audience of a passive job seekers because you know you can't win their attention with recruiting messages because it's those messages are not relevant for them. So to understand that there is this new opportunity for us to actually differentiate our target audiences in between active and passive talents in our strategic target uh, you know segments uh, and understand that we actually can do different activities and, and, and a, um, target different messages to them um, and separate recruiting and employer branding from each other you know we have a much better probability of succeeding also in the future and having sort of that pipeline of uh, talents that are already aware of you and potentially also, you know, favoring you and just waiting for you to have a vacancy open in the future that they could apply for. So what I'm saying is that not that you're doing anything wrong the way you're doing it now, but just to, I want to open your, open your eyes to this completely new world of modern employer branding where it is not directly linked to incur, to a current recruitment campaign and um, implement a whole new area or a, a uh, category of like really exciting work for your current job. Can you sort of grasp what I'm trying to say? So what I'm trying to say is that it hasn't always been like this. But it is now like this because we have all these digital marketing tools and the social uh, media marketing tools available for us. And we have been able to become so much smarter and so much more specific, you know, in regards to our actions because we have all this data available for us. So this is why I'm talking about understanding more and more who you're target talent audiences are and being able to define them better and understand the difference between your active and passive job seekers and understanding that there's a whole new world of opportunities when you separate recruitment marketing from the actual employer branding that I call modern employer branding. Please join me again next Wednesday for a new episode of Building a Modern Employer Brand. Uh, I will go and talk more about uh, talent audiences, but more specifically in modern employer branding. And I also want to uh, give a shout out to Donald Miller at StoryBrand. If you have, if you're not aware of, aware of StoryBrand, you should definitely check it out at StoryBrand.com, or uh, also Donald Miller's uh, podcast called Building a Story Brand. Obviously. Shout out goes to him for inspiring me so much uh, about, uh, you know, using stories uh, in uh, modern employer branding. He's not doing that, but I'm doing that because obviously he he has inspired me to do so. And this name of the podcast, Building a Modern Employer Brand, is a, uh, you know, I got it from him. So shout out to Donald Miller and Story Brand. It's a really great thing that they're doing out there and you should definitely find out more about it. Hey, the show notes of this episode are available at www.modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast one five. 
And I want to say that, sorry about all this ramble in the, uh, during this uh, podcast episode. It's just that this, right now that I'm recording this, this is the uh, Saturday of uh, week one of the coronavirus guarantee or, or self-isolation in Finland. And as a small business owner, this has been pretty a shocking week for myself as well, like so many other small business owners. And uh, uh, I don't know, I feel like my mind is all over the place while I'm trying to figure out like the best and the fastest steps to make sure that my business doesn't uh, become a victim of this uh, virus as well. So, um, um, you know, I feel I can hear it myself in 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 recording this episode that uh, you know I'm I'm rambling and I just wanted to let you know that uh, the reason there is that uh, thing that we're going through at the moment is just um, it's just very stressful for all of us and um, hopefully by the time this episode comes out uh, the world doesn't look worse than it looks today so I want to wish you everyone out there you who are listening to this podcast right now that i hope that uh, you were safe and uh, were able to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy during this uh, time of crisis and uh, hopefully you're not going to lose your job or your business and uh, you know we will rise up together so thank you my mind.